And so I was getting ready for work and I collapsed on the floor out of exhaustion maybe, the body just giving up. I have no idea what it was back then. But it was a very, very scary experience. And at the end of the first year, we launched the Habit Coach podcast. And then that became one of India's top podcasts. Because I talk about this 21-day myth. Because okay. uh, So the 21-day idea came from, became popularized with habits from the power of habits, right? The, the book that was that. The interesting thing is that I have never seen anybody get a habit in 21 days. One is to distinguish what is a shiny object and the second is to distinguish what is an opportunity. Hello and welcome to the Success with Savita podcast where we share hot tips on how to do life and business without losing your mind. I'm your host Savita Nanjapa, entrepreneur, high-achieving 9-to-5 turned transformational success coach, helping you create a wildly successful business. Come hang out with me and other fabulous humans like you every week for stories and chats packed with a healthy dose of tips, resources, how-tos and real talk. Side effects may include a happier and more confident you with each passing day. Welcome to the Success with Savita podcast. This is Valentine's Week. And for our Valentine's Day episode, our theme is love, of course, but we are focusing on self-love and self-care. To me, self-love starts with habits, rituals, routines, and boundaries. And that's why we have the perfect guest for this Valentine's Day episode, habit coach Ashton Doctor. Ashton Doctor is a podcaster. He hosts the very famous, top of the charts, very popular habit coach podcast, a YouTuber, of the Awesome 180 Habit Coach YouTube channel and the founder of Awesome 180, a habit coaching program. In this conversation, I talk to Ashton about not just habit creation and habits that work, but also the questions we all want to ask about consistency, falling off the wagon, shiny object syndrome, wanting to do it all, and discipline. Listen in as he answers all of this and more inside this conversation. Ashton, thank you so much for joining me today and welcome to the Success with Savita podcast. And we are going to be talking about my favorite topic, habits, rituals, routines. Thank you for making the time and welcome. My pleasure, Savita. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. And it's my pleasure too. But with that, I know a lot because I've been doing research and I know you have a lot of followers. But just to get our audience uh, introduced to your journey and especially your journey of pre-habit coach, right? Where you went through this burnout phase. Tell us a little bit about what made you move from what you were doing earlier, which was business into, you know, becoming a habit coach? So I uh, come from a family business, right? So our yeah. family business is market research and consumer understanding. So it's called Ormax and we basically understand consumers and how they think about why this product. And I did that for, I think, 14, 15 years in the process because it is a family business. You have all this added unnecessary pressure on you're going to be compared to your parents. Will you be able to live up to all the hype that is there? And all that generally subconsciously plays a role somewhere. So I was passing through that phase of taking on extra pressure from work. I was in an unhappy relationship. So it was all everything getting together. And uh, at that point of time, I'm talking about 10, 11, 12 years ago. 
the whole concept of health didn't really exist. You know, it was that who thinks about health? The way that we think about health now, it is at a very different level. At that point of time, it was like, oh, you know, um, people who go to the gym are gym freaks, right? <laughs> it's not that normal people go to the gym. Only gym freaks or bodybuilders go to the gym. Yeah. And my idea of nice food was butter chicken, jeera rice every single day, you know. The more I could eat, the better. So that was the mindset. And all of that slowly, slowly catches up with you. And you, I, I realized that my body was changing, not in a good way. I couldn't climb upstairs. And one final day, I was getting ready for work. And I don't think I must have slept for, I think, 48 hours. Because oh. you know how last minute panic is the only way that you ever complete anything in the, uh, in the corporate world back then. At least for me. Even now? Even now. Yeah. Now the matlab I get the habit of procrastination. No, so do everything beforehand so that okay. when you actually have to get deliver it, it's you don't have to worry about it. Then you're all shant. Okay. So, so instead of procrastination, now we do procrastination. But that is all about like post learning about habits and understanding and becoming a habit coach will learn these things. But at that point of time, last minute panic was the only way that you actually got anything done. Mm-hmm. And um so I was getting ready for work and I collapsed on the floor out of exhaustion maybe, the body just giving up. I have no idea what it was back then. But it was a very, very scary experience because, you know, when at at the age of 30, when your heart suddenly, you know, says, Chalo, I think now is a good time to stop or whatever was happening, it was a very scary experience for me. And I realized that life can't go on that way. And being a typical type A person, type A means, you know, that go get, I'm going to harm. If if I'm not winning, what is the point of being in this race? That kind of a person. Um, I said that, chalo, from a nice big stomach, I had a nice big paunch at the time. I said, what is the hardest goal I can give myself? And that was to get a six pack. Mm-hmm. So now I was on this mission of getting a six pack. And that's where it all started from. And then I realized that you can't get a six pack by just exercising. No, you do 35,000 crunches, nothing's going to change. You have to focus on your food. You have to focus on the way that you sleep, the stress that you take. And I realized that all of it together is actually what makes the change that take place. So that's where I started. And I realized that, you know, I'm not necessarily the most disciplined person. But what I figured out was that um, when you get the the habits right if you can make something consistent then it doesn't matter if you're taking small steps or large steps eventually you're going to get to where you want to go so that is where i realized and that's how i started this thought of habit coaching because after that people would come and say ashton you did this fantastic thing tell me how tell me how so then i said okay chalo, i'll tell you how and that is where the whole idea of habit coaching came about all right i i feel like i'm hearing myself when you're sharing that you're not the most disciplined person true but uh, also procrastination is something I want to talk about. Now you decided to move into habit coaching. What happened next? Like, did you like really launch it as a business or was it so organic? It happened very naturally. What came next? So before um, I started Awesome Money, which is the habit coaching business, I had a small business called Fitterby, which was fitness through playing games. Yes. And that business was, you know, it was taking up a lot of time every day with coaching people physically so I thought this habit coaching thing would be one you know one small little thing that I do on the side a passion project mm. suddenly I thought I'd take on like five clients in a year and suddenly to 25 clients that year I said oh I need to spend more time doing this yeah 
and that's how it organically grew and at the end of the first year we launched the habit coach podcast mm. and then that became one of india's top podcasts so then i was like hey i can reach so many people instead of just thinking about maybe one on one coaching how can i now actually take this message forward and you know impact right. as many people as i can interesting so it's been quite organic for you you started with your own change for yourself but i have to ask you this how long did it take for you to move from you know having this you know all these habits which weren't working for you to seeing transformation like did it take everybody wants to know how long is it going to take me right like we are all uh, wanting instant results how long did it take you uh, to really see transformation and change in yourself once you started doing this so it's interesting i have to answer for this mm-hmm. okay the six pack happened in one year so okay it's so one is to say that it is possible to do if you understand the science behind what you're doing mm. um but the actual answer is that i'm still working in progress right because the way that we normally think as human beings is how long will it take me to get this mm. and then once you get it what will you do yeah right matlab now you've got it now what yeah so instead of thinking about a destination think about it as a goal that keeps growing along with you yeah so so you know that i've recently come out with a book called change yes, habits change your life i'm right? reading it right now so in that i talk about how every time you grow you grow and your goal grows with you and your habit grows along with that so it's never that you're stuck with that habit you are changing your habits you are growing and there's a basic trajectory that is upwards that is taking place interesting very interesting answer that it's you know it may take you a year a lot of people may not like that answer by the way one year <laughs> seems like a lot but um, moving on to my next question and really talking about habits is what according to you you spend so much time doing this what's the science behind habit creation because we are like oh it's 21 days or it's 25 days or do this for like 3 weeks what is the number and what is the science behind this please enlighten us lovely so in the, there is one myth busting section in that book so you must read it yes. because i talk about this 21 day myth because okay uh, so the 21 day idea came from became popularized with habits from the power of habits right yes. the the book that was that the interesting thing is that i have never seen anybody get a habit in 21 days true okay because i think it's a completely erroneous number i think it just sounds damn good you know it's a multiple of 7 Mm-hmm. 21 is also the, my birthday so i think everyone thinks that 21 is a good day number but apart from that um the way to think about it is like i said earlier if you are thinking about habits as a final destination mm-hmm. then you'll be disappointed with this 21 number yeah. if you remove this 21 number from your mind and say that i'm going to get to that point where i'm comfortable with this habit and then i'll make myself a little bit more uncomfortable by making it a little harder mm-hmm. you know so for example if you are you see this amongst runners for example if you are running for 1 km then you slowly say i'll run 1.5 km then i'll slowly say i'll yeah. run 2 so you see that with running in the same way any of the habits that you want to form instead yeah. of thinking about a final destination think about how you can make it a little harder every few weeks yeah and there is no number you just have to keep doing it and then you keep kind of increasing the challenge level right correct because yeah. you have because the consistency is what makes you stronger or makes you grow as a person and once you've grown then that original habit sounds feels very childlike you know babyish it's so easy so yeah. then you want something more harder then you want to grow then you want to grow 
Okay. So I now have a question for different types of people. Okay. So this is one person where me, I'm thinking, I have a number of habits I want to start. It's a new year. We're getting started. February is the new January. Okay. So I'll start something now. And especially after listening to this podcast, right? But I want to do it all. Like I want to meditate. I want to reduce device time. I want to exercise. I want to, like, I want to do it all. What do you recommend should be my starting point? Should I do everything, attempt to do everything, do one thing? What's your advice? So no more than three habits at a time. Okay. Change. Okay, so that is the rule. No more than three habits at a time. Um, you choose a habit basis the intention that you want. So which habit do you think is going to give you the biggest impact? And mm. do you have a strong enough reason why you want to make that change? Mm. If you don't know why you want to make the change, there's no point making that change. Right. So I want to go running because my neighbor goes for a run is not a strong enough reason why you should start running. So mm -hmm. you have to be very, very clear, Savita, on why you want to start going for that habit or that change. Yeah. So my response to be to that would be getting inspired by Instagram and everybody's morning routine should not be your starting point. No, no, absolutely. Because inspiration is short-lived. Correct. Like you have to then get, huh, you have to get on to it every single day to look at somebody on Instagram to get inspired and motivated. But instead, to develop for a lot of people who spend a lot of time online. Yeah. On a on a lighter. It's crazy. It's crazy how much time we spend. My dad yeah. just discovered Instagram Reels and he hasn't moved from his chair for two hours. So I know what you're talking about. Okay. Um, but that's the thing, right? So you need to realize how you're going to make these changes. And why you want to make this change. So yeah. inspiration, motivation are not the ways to do it. The way that we talk about is using the word intention. Mm. Do you have an intention to change? If you don't have that intention, there's no point. And that intention comes from this idea of why. Yeah. So if you understand why, then it makes a complete difference in your life. True. I, I mean, I completely resonate with you because the first thing that you do in coaching is to ask what's your intention, right? And what are these goals and why do you want to set these goals? Uh, my next question for you is, okay, I got started with some habits and my problem is inconsistency in sticking to my schedule. Um, how to fix it? Is, is Can in inconsistency be fixed by just saying, okay, you just got to do it? And then it becomes not so exciting to just do it. Like, is there a way beyond being aware that you're inconsistent and just simply waking up and Nike style, just do it? Um, are there some tips that you can share to develop consistency? Lovely. First, tell me a habit that you're trying to work on. Then, we'll, then we can break it up. Okay, let's take exercise, which is something that a lot of people struggle to keep up with. So the way to do it is first, why do you want to exercise? Right? Mm. So I, you want to exercise because you want to get into a, a sari for your friend's wedding? Oh, just to look good. Like, I, need, I, I think I should lose some weight and I can look good. Fashion, style. So, so you have to have a strong enough why. Why do you want to look good? Oh. Right? It, it comes down to a, a, a strong pain point in you. I want yeah. to look good because I don't want to be hiding behind in photographs anymore. I make mm. everyone stand in the front, I go and sit in the back. Right? Yeah, that's a pain point that you can say that I want to exercise and look good because I don't want to take, have somebody take 10 selfies and me choose only one from that where he got the angle just right and where the lighting was just right. Like, how do you know that? Just, just say, <laughs> how did you know that? 
habit coach. <laughs> I spend a lot of time talking to people. But that is actually it, right? These are the pain points that you feel. You're like, I don't want to be sticking my stomach in every time somebody takes a picture of me. What is the point? So yeah. if you find that as a strong pain point, that is what you use as your goal and your direction. Mm. And then what you do is you find the stupidest, smallest action you can take for this. So the first, so there are three golden rules of habit change and you'll see that in the book as well. Yeah. The first golden rule of habit change is make it stupidly small, which mm. means make it so small that you feel stupid not doing it. Okay. Right. So, so your first habit for exercise is not to exercise for an hour and a half. Mm. Can you exercise for four minutes? Right. There's a fantastic Tabata routine, which is a scientifically proven method of exercise, which is just four minutes. Right, you can check it out on my YouTube channel. I've done lots of Tabata videos on it. And it is exactly this. You just follow along for four minutes and you're done for the day. Now, everyone has four minutes. Right, You don't need to change into your gym clothes. You can do it in your house clothes. And then you continue. Then you say four minutes. Now, this is easy. I'm good. I'm rocking. Jal, I'll do Tabata and I'll do five Surya Namaskars. And then you add it to that routine. And then slowly you say, no, I don't need to do this at home anymore. I can go to the gym. I'm now the kind of person that enjoys exercise. And then you move that. So what has happened is that you've changed as a person. Your yeah. habits have changed and grown along with you. Yeah. And ultimately you're moving in that direction, which is what that intention was. That yeah. I don't want to be sticking my stomach in for every picture. Yeah. I think you've kind of hit upon it, it's the, the nail on the head, right? Where you're saying, even when, because people are like, you shouldn't just take a goal, uh, you know, where you're talking about just, I want to look good. It's frivolous. But... I think that's the point to understand and to tell people that's okay. You don't have to, nobody needs to decide for you what is frivolous or not. But in that, there is a pain point and that's all of these things, right? People constantly telling you, like, are you pregnant? Uh, but you're just fat. And then you have to clarify that, no, I'm not. I'm just fat. So now there is a different kind of person. It's not that I'm fat. I have fat. I have fat. Okay. Now there's a different kind of person who has inconsistency let's say I exercise, I go, then I fall off the violin. Then I'm like, there's a starting problem, right? When Monday comes, when the new month comes, when the new year comes. Is there a workout for that? What, like what other than like just, just you have to push yourself? What else would you advise as a coach for a person who's stuck like this? So my style of coaching is not go hard or go home. Okay. Okay. So like it's not beat yourself up. And as a result, I realized that we all fall off the wagon. I fall off the wagon so often. Yeah. But the idea is that when you fall off the wagon, what do you do? You dust yourself off and you get back on. Yeah. That is the key thing. And um, Vincent Churchill said this, right? He said that success comes from moving from failure to failure without losing your enthusiasm. Okay. So the key is enthusiasm. Failure to failure will happen. Yeah. And it's part of the journey. Right? But if you lose your enthusiasm, that means you've lost. So failure only happens when you stop doing what you're supposed to be doing. If you get back on, who said that you failed? As your habit coach, I will not tell you that you failed. I was like, fantastic. You went on a holiday for seven days. You came back. You can't get back into the groove. No problem. Go back to that small habit and start again. And start again. And start again. Then you'll soon reach a place where you're tired of starting again. And you'll say, yeah, I don't want to start again. I'm not going to stop. And then you'll realize that you'll pack your gym clothes and take it with you wherever you go. So what has happened is that your mindset has changed. You have changed as a person. And this whole habit journey is nothing but you changing as a person. 
and getting conscious habits instead of all the little little subconscious habits that we picked up along the way. You know, you see your parents doing something, you see your friends doing something, and you follow along not thinking about whether it's something that you want to do or not, mm. whether it's good for you or not. But if you consciously create the habits that you want, then you have a conscious life that you've created for yourself. And I think that, for me as a habit coach, is my mission. Yeah. Fascinating. And I think I like the point where you're saying you get fed up of starting over, right? And that happens to I, I have gone through that where I'm like, I'm done starting over. I'm done being every time going back to exercise and the coach telling me, okay, you go slow. Like the others are thinking, okay, you, you don't have to do so many reps. So yeah, you get done with that. Um, so thank you for sharing that. I think that's, that's really important to go from failure to failure and just have that enthusiasm, just keep going. Now there's a different kind of person, right? Now this is a guy or girl or me, you know, we've been doing it, we've been working out, but not seeing any results, not seeing any change. And at that point, what is important is patience, right? There are many people who are like, you know, I've been doing this for five months, nothing's happening, it doesn't work. This doesn't work for me. I need to try something else. How does one develop patience and just do the work? Uh, is that a point where you just got to shut the overthinking and just keep like doing it? How does one do that? What's your uh, advice on developing patience? So it's two things actually. It's not developing patience only. Mm. So very often when we do something over and over and over again and we don't see results, chances are we're doing the wrong thing over and over and over again mm -hmm. and not seeing a result. Okay. Yeah. So very often we have to go back and examine where we're getting our information from. So as a result, one rule on the Habit Coach podcast is that I will not share a habit that I have not done myself. Mm. So as a result, if you ever take a tour of my room and my house, you will see that it is full of experiments of mine that I have done on myself. Only then will I ever talk about it on the podcast. Okay. Right? So every single thing I've done, including if I haven't done something, I will mention on the podcast. Like for example, for me, phone addiction is still a big thing. I have not been able to break it. So whenever I do a podcast on phone addiction, I will say, guys, I have tried this out. I have failed on it, but maybe it might work for you. I'm sharing this with you. Mm -hmm. So one is getting the right information, I think is very, very important. Maybe you've been doing cardio, cardio, cardio your entire life and you're thinking that that is what's going to make you lose weight. Maybe you suddenly have to realize that putting on muscle is what's going to make you lose weight mm -hmm. or fat rather. So as a result, you suddenly realize that this is a new direction that I need to take my journey in and go in that direction. So one is getting the right information. The second, when you think about patience, the again, two things. One is, have you given yourself too short-term a goal? Mm. I want to get this in 20 days. It's not happening in 20 days. Your life is stupid. I don't know. I'm such a bad person. Mm. Right? That means you've given yourself too short a goal. Yeah. So you've run out of, you, you never put in the opportunity for learning about patience. So right. one is that. So unrealistic goal planning or goal setting is one. The second is when you think about patience, you will notice that there is always something that is changing when you put in the effort and you put in the habit. You have mm. to identify what is changing. Mm. So I have a friend who, for example, for the longest time can't lose weight. And he's been trying, he's been trying, he's been trying, he's been trying, he's been going to the gym, he's working on his food, etc. But suddenly he says, Ash, I suddenly see my sleep has improved. Mm. Maybe we measure our sleep, we do all of that, right? So he said, I suddenly see my sleep has improved. I was like, fantastic. Yeah, I suddenly seem like I'm feeling more calmer. Mm. The other day I had to run up a flight of stairs and I got up without huffing and puffing. Mm. And I was like, see, all of these are victories, but you're not seeing those because you're so focused on this one other goal that you had, which was the fat loss. Yeah. So if you can see change taking place, 
focus on the change that is taking place yeah. keeping in mind the goal of that fat loss that is there so i'm not taking away the fat loss goal but i'm saying keep in mind the change that means something is happening yeah normally the last thing to move is the most stubborn of them the things that we don't want or we don't enjoy right yeah. so you have to be patient to see that stubbornness but in the middle enjoy all the small victories that come like what you hear so far make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now stay tuned as we take a quick break and we'll see you on the other side of the show Do you want to develop new habits or you already practice some good habits and now you want to take it up a notch then I have a book recommendation for you it is Ashton Doctor's Change Your Habits Change Your Life this is a step by step guidebook for you that will help you do just that in this book Ashton shares not only his own journey but also practical ways to develop a habit my favorite is a chapter on the three golden rules of habit change of which Never miss two days in a row is something I needed to hear. Or the part on sustaining habits that you've created. The one that I'm wholeheartedly embracing is to procrastinate instead of procrastinate. Or how to break up with habits that don't serve you. There is all this and so much more in the book. And of course, I don't want to give it all away. I highly recommend you get this book today. I have shared a link in the show notes. As Ashton shares, habits... and about the goal alone it's about the journey i i can totally relate to that because i remember going through this whole you know i've got to lose weight uh doing a lot of strength training and i was like you know i think i should just do more cardio like went to bali on a trip did this waterfall tour and every waterfall was 200 steps down and 200 steps up and then i realized every struggling but i was fine climbing these steps which i know for sure earlier i would have struggled my knees would have hurt all of this so i can totally relate to this that that along the way there is something changing you may not know what so maybe like you know just be aware keep your eyes open and something is happening so yeah that's that's great input and now the most important one according to me your advice on dealing with shiny objects and draw and I am guilty of it. I know many people are guilty of this. What I mean by this is, I want to do Pilates. I want to do gratitude journal. I want to try spinning. Um, I also want to learn tennis. You know, there's so many things I want to do. I get distracted, and I'm like, oh, you know, okay, this is boring. I'll do this for a month. Now let me go try something else. How to deal with that? Is there something that you should stay with for a while? Change every year? Like, how do you keep it? slightly interesting exciting challenging but at the same time not change like every month you can't be doing something different lovely so there are two things again with shiny object syndrome mm-hmm. one is to distinguish what is a shiny object and the second is to distinguish what is an opportunity mm. okay very often we think of all shiny objects as opportunities but not all shiny ch- objects are opportunities some of them are distractions Mm. So you have to figure out which are distractions and which are opportunities. So, for example, if you are consistently going to the gym, mm. and now somebody says, "Yeah, yeah, but there's a Pilates studio that has opened up, and Pilates studio is thirty-five minutes away," mm. and you're like, "Okay, I'm going to try Pilates now," you realize that you're not going to make thirty-five minutes of travel a routine and yeah. constant aspect of your life because it's going to be hard to do. Yeah. Right. So it's not an opportunity. 
it is maybe a distraction once in a while. So you say, okay, I'll continue with my gym, but maybe I'll go to Pilates once a week when I get the time. Mm. Right? So you see the difference between an opportunity. If your gym suddenly says that we're giving you a free trainer for three months, mm. that is an opportunity. It's like, no, 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 I'm going to go and still do my cardio. You, I'm not going to be, you know, attracted to this shiny object. No, it's an opportunity. Use the trainer. Right, so you have to f identify what is the difference between an opportunity and a distraction and then make a choice. I try everything because I enjoy trying everything and I enjoy going out of my comfort zone. So mm. for me, it is part of my research work. But that doesn't mean the habits that I've established stop for this new thing. Oh. So if I'm doing, for example, aerial silk, I will continue with my gymming and then I will add on an aerial silk or for example, Pilates in your case mm -hmm. or spinning as a extra, extra yeah. so you continue what it is that you're doing you've established and then you add on various and see how that goes you might yeah. suddenly realize you don't like it mm. yeah I, I did have this follow up question for this is I don't love it now I don't love it but it's important for me to do it Let, let's take exercise um, I mean of course Personally, for me, I've realized I can't run. I used to be an athlete at one point now, and now I can't run. Five After five kilometers, my brain, I'm like, I don't have anything else to think about, right? What if I don't love... Wow, you've achieved nirvana and meditation. <laughs> what? You don't have anything to think about, no? So your brain has achieved nirvana. It's a... No, but I need something to think about. <laughs> I can't run. I Wishing thoughtlessness. <laughs> Right. Uh, then I'll start venting on people around me and in my mind I'm ranting, this one's no, this one's blocking. So my my question, if I don't love exercise, I don't love it, but it's I need to do it. Because you know I'm aging, it's important for myself. How do you learn to love something which is meant to take care of you? Or you just don't do it if you don't love it. Find something else. What's your advice? You find something that you enjoy. I can't run. I don't enjoy running. I don't run. Or any form of exercise, but... No, no, I don't, no form of exercise is fun to do. Correct. It's not like, ah. But you find people that are fun to do it with, for example. Right mm. right now I'm working out at this calisthenics gym. Okay. And, the, and the person who owns it is a character in himself. And I enjoy going and meeting with him and chatting with him and hanging out with him. And he's like, bro, you can do this. And also that vibe itself is making me want to go there. Right. Okay. As opposed to me doing this exact same exercise at home because I have the same knowledge that he has. It's just that because he's there and there's an event going there to see it and do it there, it it makes it more fun. Yeah. Right? I could have been doing it at home. On, I have a pull-up bar. I have everything at home. So, But mm -hmm. why do I need to go there? And it's for this. It's for making whatever it is that you are doing fun. And if it's not fun, why do it? Yeah. that That's my I point mean, sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> because life is meant to be enjoyed sometimes you have to do things you don't enjoy but you have to see the end benefit from it yeah right? if you're doing something that is consistent like ex exercise try and find something that you enjoy doing yeah for me starting fitterby was exactly that fitterby was the fitness group link yeah. and um, there were people who used to come there who had donated so much money to gyms because they would join a gym and never go that they used to come to fitterby five times a week Right? Why would they come to fit? Because they enjoyed the atmosphere, they enjoyed yeah. the fun, they enjoyed the conversation, they enjoyed the jokes. Yeah. So try and find a place that is fun. If you're going to a gym that is deadly boring, where the lights are dim, etc., 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 don't go there. Yeah. 
right find yeah. something fun to do i think that's a great um, a piece of advice to everybody who's listening in and i have my own journey in this for a long for the longest time i used to work out alone and you know running you just end up doing it alone if you can't find groups what i realized and it took me a long time i wish i realized much earlier right but it took me a long time to realize is i like groups like i like mm. i need community i need people so even whether it's learning or whether it's doing something figure out what times you need groups and what times you can do something on your own maybe you can walk with a podcast on and if you're that kind of person you can do when i'm walking i don't want anyone but if i need to work on i need the group along but coming to sleep which has become so everybody's talking about and we know it's become important um i've listened to your sleep ritual on uh, your podcast right and i want to talk about mouth breathing because this is something that i'm very very interested in so it's a very personal um you know my question for you walk us through why we shouldn't do this and your best tips on taping your mouth at night because you know when i tell my family typically they're like are you okay yeah you got me you need to far right mm-hmm. i mean you know all this is not okay your coaching is not working for you so we can you share with us with the audience um why it's important not to breathe through your mouth one and which you do share on your podcast as well so of course everyone will listen to it i'll share the show no show notes as well and how do you do it because i was doing it wrong when i realized that um you know you said uh, you have to be careful and not to seal your whole mouth so when you sneeze so yeah over to you on that very long question so the first reason on why to do it um most of us subconsciously start breathing through our mouth hmm. and you will notice that mouth breathing is what we do when we are stressed when we are running away from something we start mouth breathing. right we start panting hmm. Hmm. and mouth breathing is a stressed form of breathing so there are lots of things wrong with mouth breathing so the first one is that it's a stress form that means you're subconsciously telling your body that you're stressed so the second point is that um when you mouth breathe you basically dry up your mouth so your saliva dries up and hence you don't protect your teeth your m- mouth is supposed to be a moist environment mm-hmm. so if you wake up in the i mouth a dry throat chances are that you've been mouth breathing through the night yeah then obviously mouth breathing increases your chances of snoring right yeah. because you're constantly breathing through your mouth that's when the snoring takes place the finally and most important is that when you breathe through your nose actually that is not finally that more more points but when you breathe through your nose two things take place the yeah. first is that the ha- that the air that you breathe in is getting moistened and heated up through the nasal passages yes yeah. right and the second thing that happens is that we produce nitric oxide when we breathe and mm-hmm. nitric oxide is a vasodilator what it means is that it improves your blood circulation it it, yeah. it, it increases the size of your veins and your arteries uh meaning it expands them so as a result more blood can flow through your body mm. right vasoconstriction increases your high blood pre- increases your blood pressure whereas yeah. no dilation reduces your blood pressure yeah. right so many people who have high blood pressure are also mouth breathers chances are and when you start breathing through your nose you realize that this nitric oxide is helping you out with the way that your body is functioning mm. so overall this is it and if you're sleeping for 6 hours 7 hours eight hours and mouth breathing that means so much of the day is spent just breathing through your mouth yeah. all the nitric oxide that is supposed to be produced for the body is not being produced so as a result what we do is we train the body to start breathing through our nose mm. because i know so many people who sitting and talking to them will have their mouth open and and will be breathing through their mouth 
even though they're just like sitting and talking to you. Mm. Right? Especially when you're overweight, it all happens because the the neck is pulling the muscles down as, as well. So as a result, the right way to do mouth taping is to get your micropore tape. Micropore is your 3M, the paper tape that they use in hospital. Okay. Right? So you get a roll of that. And what you do is you tear out a sheet and you put it on the back of your palm. Okay. Now, the reason you do that is so that you remove a little bit of the glue. Otherwise, in the morning when you're trying to peel it off, you're trying to you're going to peel off your lips as well with it. Oh, okay. So, it becomes a little lighter when you put it on your mouth and it's not that, the adhesive is not that harsh. Hmm. There are two, three ways of mouth taping. The, one, the first one is mouth taping your entire mouth, right? So, from, from start to finish, tape the entire mouth. If you have to sneeze, open, sneeze, and then shut it. Because that is the only thing that I realized was detrimental. Okay. Because if you sneeze with your mouth shut, and, and your eyes will explode, your brain will explode, your nose will explode, yeah. your eardrums will explode, everything will explode. Yeah. So as a result, just like make sure that when you're sneezing, you open your the mouth tape and do this. The second way to do this is to have a thin strip that you just put down the front of your mouth. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to do. Yeah. So you just make sure that your lip are shut but the sides are open mm. okay the third way of doing this is to have the uh, tape tightly put on the top lip and loosely put on the bottom lip so in case you need to sleep, sneeze you can just open your mouth up it won't pull your che- uh, pull your lips and you can uh, sneeze yeah. so these are basically the three ways in doing of doing this that I found as effective what yeah. I would strongly suggest people to do is many people feel very strange doing this at, at night and they're worried that they'll die. Right? Yeah. Because they're like, I'm going to not be able to breathe at night. What do I do? So what I tell them is to put the mouth tape during the day. Yeah. So practice it while you're working on your laptop or when you're just cooking or when you're doing something around the house. Put the tape on and use it. Hmm. Chances are that'll improve your relationships at home as well when you do something like this. But... Uh, jokes aside, you can do that and get comfortable with this tape on your mouth. Um, family members, of course, will think you're completely mad. Yeah. Right? Um, pro tip, if you have a, a, a spouse or a lover, etc., please give goodnight kissy before putting the <laughs> tape on. Yeah. Right? Yes. Otherwise, it's going to be really funny. So that way, you practice the taping and um, yeah, and see how you feel because it will definitely improve your sleep. There are obviously things and and concerns around um, sleep apnea. Many Mm. people who use a sleep apnea machine, a CPAP machine, um, benefit from the mouth taping because it helps them breathe through the nose. Right. So I've seen it with clients that mouth taping plus the CPAP machine really helps. However, as always, please speak to your doctor before you do any of this. Yeah. My surname is doctor. I am not a doctor. So yeah, this is not medical advice, but this is something that I have practiced on myself and I've seen beneficial. Yeah, have you? Um, is has there been a time where you felt like now I'm not really mouth breathing? It, it comes very naturally to do it through the nose, so I need to stop taping. Have you found that so far? So I'm not taping currently. Okay. For two reasons, one is that the tape left my bedside table and went somewhere else. So as a result, it the habit stopped because the location of what you're using the habit for changes. Yeah. That is that is one way of uh, understanding how habits break. But I realized I don't need, necessarily need it anymore. So once in a while, I'll do it for just yeah. making myself feel good. If I've had a long day and I know I'm tired, 
Mm. I will do this because when you're tired again, your mouth opens up. Yeah. You're breathing. Yeah. It's very interesting. And that was something that I wanted to, something that I'm trying, of course, to a lot of uh, comments in the house, which is you lost it. And are you sure you're okay? Right. And uh-huh. whenever people tell you, have you lost it? What are you doing? Have you gone mad, Ashtin? Etc. Remember, you're on the right path. Because we are not trying to do things that everybody else does. Right? We have to do the things that normal people don't because we are extraordinary. Yeah. Okay. I, that's something to keep in mind. And to everyone who's listening, of course, because you're meant to be extraordinary. My next question, as we actually, we don't have, I don't have a lot of questions because I think you've, already shared so much value in this conversation. Uh, morning routine or evening routine? I have morning. to ask, I'm a coach. So. Morning? Morning, 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 morning. Morning is the time that sets up the rest of the day, right? However, evening is the time that sets up the next morning. True. So, morning routine important, but if you want a tagra morning routine, you have to have a good evening routine. So, I have to ask you, what, uh, what time do you wake up and how does your morning look if you can Share Between that. 5 and 5.30 is when I wake up. Okay. Um, and I wake up, I sit on the sofa, I have my water, I do my breathing exercises and then I either make coffee or, and while, I'm, while my coffee is cooling down, I finish my meditation. So that journaling I'm not doing in the mornings right now because after that I come in, either write chapters for my book or my podcast. So then my creative time is in the morning. Uh-huh. So the way that I like to do is I like to finish as much of my work in the morning as I can. So by 11 o'clock, I've tried to finish all my work. Okay. Interesting. Then the rest of the day is there for meetings, meeting people, having conversations like this. Yeah. And um, then at um, in, in between all of that, 8.30, I go to the gym on Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays. Okay. And uh, the rest of the time, what I do is in the evenings, I go and go, go for a walk from an exercise point of view. So the best time to walk is either fasted in the morning or after dinner at night. So oh. from a glucose management point of view, because glucose management and fat loss are very closely linked. So what I do is I go for a walk and I don't enjoy the walk, but I enjoy listening to the podcast or I enjoy listening to a book. Yeah. So for me, it is the book that I'm going for the walk for. So I get one hour of listening to the book at that time. Yeah. Yeah, especially because listening is such a secondary uh, activity and you can listen to a book. I find that during the day, if I'm trying to do something else and listen, I just listen, uh, work. Do you eat early? Which means if you're walking for an hour, what time do you finish dinner? So ideally 6.30, 7 is when I finish dinner. Okay. Uh, My next question for you is, if you have a busy day, what do you skip and what will you do no matter what among your habits? If I have a busy day. You're non-negotiable. Non-negotiables would be my meditation in the morning, for sure. Um, everything else is flexible for a busy day. Okay. The, so, so the rule is never miss two days in a row. So the third golden rule of habit change, you'll see it in the book, is mm. never miss two days in a row. If you miss one day, it's perfectly fine. So a busy day is fine. Mm. A busy week will have different consequences. Right. You see the difference? So yeah. one day is busy, no problem. Like yesterday, for example, um, I had the opportunity to interview Jay Shetty. Wow. He's and a dumb. Yeah. He, he a... was, he was. He just flew back. So um, so I had to interview him in person. But I was to, I had to interview him for his new book called The Eight Rules of Love. 
and I was like, if I, I have to interview him, I have to read the book. Yeah. So, so my routine changed. Five thirty in the morning, I started reading his book. I skipped my exercise. I skipped the writing of a podcast. I skipped everything. I cancelled my meetings because I had to finish doing this one thing, get my questions ready for that event that I had to do. Yeah. So everything changed on that day. But today in the morning, meditation happened, exercise happened, podcast happened. So you yeah. never miss two days in a row. You miss one day perfectly fine. And how do you manage on tra around travel, Ashton? Do you manage to stick to your routines as much as possible when you travel, holidays, all of that? Or is it a break from everything? So the way that I do it is the meditation stays, mm -hmm. the journaling stays, the podcasting and the writing might take a break because I might not carry my laptop if I'm going for a holiday. If I'm going yeah. on a work, work trip, then probably I'll still take it along. Um, and the exercise changes. So I won't be doing something that is as intense as, for for example, in the gym, but mm -hmm. I'll do a few push-ups in the room or I'll do a few little cardio Tabata routines in the room. Mm -hmm. If the hotel has a gym, which is okay, then I would probably go there in the evenings and do that there. Interesting. Okay. Mm -hmm. And uh, finally, what is a day in your life? I know you shared what your first half looks like. Um, is that what a typical day in your life looks like uh, when you shared your morning routine earlier? Typically. And then the rest of the day is meeting people. Um, I'm I'm at the stage in life where I don't necessarily think that hustling is the right way of going about things. True. So it is not a packed day. Yeah. I live a fairly comfortable life with that. So okay. but what I've done is I've chosen the things that I feel are high priority that I'm good at doing. And I double down on those. The things that I'm not good at doing, I've outsourced everybody else to do. Yeah. Right. So I'm saying that what you do with your day is, you know, Savita, a big problem is that we have a belief system that if you're not hustling, you're not doing anything. Yeah. Right. But that's not true. If you're not seeing results, if you're not making a change, if you're not, all those aspects are what you're doing it for. It doesn't mean that you have to constantly be busy. So mm. we try being busy instead of, instead of being efficient. So yeah. As, as soon as you make that mental change between efficiency and busyness, life completely changes. Yeah. Yeah. So my favorite thing is sometimes I'm at, on a Monday afternoon at 3 o'clock, I'm sitting by the pool with my friends. So the opportunity to do that happens because of the efficiency that I built in my life. Right. Yeah. Freedom um, is different things to different people. Yeah. Interesting and insightful so far. And I want to move to the next part of this interview. I don't want to hold you. I know you're running out of time. So I'm going to quickly do this. Um, I'm just going to call out a word. And you have to share what comes to mind when I call out that word. So starting off, the first thing that I have is what comes to mind when I say uh, meditation? Oh, peace. Okay. Hmm. Peace. Affirmations. Affirmations. Affirmations, absolutely essential. Live your life through them. Okay. Journaling. Step one of meditation. All right. Uh, okay, that's an interesting way to put it. Yeah, uh, when you journal, you get all the stuff that is going in your head out. So then you can actually have a shant meditation, meditation when you actually get to meditation. Okay. Uh, intermittent fasting. Essential. Um, I love it. It helped me out tremendously. And it's needed for longevity. Okay. Exercise or physical movement? Movement more important than exercise. Okay. Exercise for vanity and skill-based approach to life, movement for a healthy life. 
All right. And of course, I my... have to give one word answers. I have to give sentences. No, you can give me one word a sentence. It doesn't matter. Ah, okay, fine. What comes to mind, and that can be a sentence. Okay, okay, fine. And final one is love. Love essential when you start thinking about it as universal love and not just romantic love. Okay. So we get trapped in the lo- romantic love aspect of life when you suddenly realize that you can love every single thing and every single person around you and that is a beautiful state to be in. Right. And with that, we come to the end of our uh, interview. Is there any final words of advice from you for our audience? Something that you'd like to leave them with? Um, and of course, we are going to be sharing about Awesome 180, the book, the podcast and your YouTube channel. Anything else you would like to share with our audience? Don't settle in life. Realize that you can change your life to whatever it is that you want to be. And the actions that you take every single day are the only thing that matter in the way that you create your life. And your actions are nothing but the habits. So if you can focus on your habits in a direction with which you want to take your life, that's it. You're going to have the life that you want. The life of your dream. Thank you. That was well said. Thank you so much. And thank you for being here today with us. It's been my pleasure to talk to you for, and it's been, a, I, I would say this is a luxury to talk to you for an hour. So thank you for generously sharing your time with me today and with the audience. Savita, thank you so much. You're doing a fantastic job. Just keep inspiring people. Thank you everyone who's listening for listening and keep sharing the love, keep sharing, you know, the changes that you're making in your life. I think you never know who you're going to inspire and and move to making a change in their life as well. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you like this episode and you want more, you can go to the show notes on my website, which is successwithsavita.com forward slash podcast. If you like what you've heard so far, I would be grateful to you if you could leave me a five-star review, subscribe to this podcast and share with a friend who may find this useful. You can also follow me on my Instagram at successwithsavita and DM me any questions you may have and I will be happy to answer them for you. Until the next episode, believe in yourself and all the best to your success.